you be talking as soon as the thing starts. Well, you said it's ready when ready is ready. I mean, but if you start talking anyway, as soon as it starts, you don't have time to like bump bring podcast. It in. You don't give me nothing to work with, man. Bump podcast. Bump podcast. Between you and me. Between you and me. So here's the ironic thing about all that. So today we're gonna be talking about uh so you think you're ready. Right. Right. And so um it's interesting. I got so many topics to cover so fast on this. It's 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 unreal. But that should be good then. It should be. So it started out with So You Think You're Ready because, as I mentioned, uh, I guess last week we started talking about our ultimate move. Yeah. Uh, and the one that we finally <laughs> we finally did. Mm-hmm. And so we're in our new spot. Getting settled a little bit. Getting settled a little bit. A little bit. I like it. Yeah. I was I just like talking it. about I like my room a little bit more, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. But the thing was, we knew... It was it was a quick turnaround time. It was a quick yeah, turnaround time. Quick. So it was like I mean we had like a month, maybe a month. It, it was probably only six weeks between us knowing that we were gonna move to actually moving. to actually moving. Yeah, and so that was that was interesting. But um, we kind of tried to put together a plan, mm-hmm. a plan of action to get us ready, mm-hmm. so that when the <laughs> movers got there, right. that we'd be right. we'd be on top of stuff. And um, man, it just—I mean—it seemed—it seemed to be going along okay, not great, but it seemed to be going yeah. okay. But when the movers came, man, it was like, so I mean, we ready, right? We ready, man. And we weren't ready. I mean, I feel kind of ready. Oh no, nah, man, we weren't ready, ready, man. We weren't ready, and so that's what the whole thought of it. So you think you ready came from? It's like mm-hmm. so you know, it, it's this thing, and it's attributed to Mike Tyson, but I didn't hear Mike Tyson say it itself. But it was attributed to Mike Tyson. It says that everybody thinks they're ready until they get hit in, in the mouth. mouth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like that that just carries on so far in life. And so like we didn't know until the movies arrived really how much, much work was going to be put into it. Right. Uh, and we had, we had a lot of boxes. We did have a lot of boxes, but we also did a lot of running around. We did some sitting down too, mm-hmm. but we did a lot of running around. But when we look at life as a, if we look at it as, that as a metaphor for life, it's like, uh, we put in this work or what we think is work. We think we put in our best effort. And then um, the test comes. And when the test comes, it's like, man, I should have did more right. to be prepared for the test. And so that's why I wanted to call this, you know. that hindsight. Yeah, that hindsight. So that's why I want to call this So You Think You're Ready. Because I just want to talk about some of the things that we've gone through in our lives um, that we thought we were ready for that we weren't ready for. Mm-hmm. And then try to kind of leave some practical um, tips or tools or some knowledge, drop some knowledge to whomever is in the, out there in the listening world to our podcast about you know how to how to ramp up or amp up prior to uh, that big day or prior to the uh, actual time of performing. Mm-hmm. How does that sound? Sounds good. All right, cool. So, um, what what can you talk about that you were Thought you were ready for, but I mean, when it came down to it, it was like, man. Um, that's that's a funny question. It's there's so many things. Like that's almost just the nature of life. You never really know how something's gonna be until you experience it. Um, and so you find like the little things, like oh, I could have done more there. I didn't think it'd be so heavy. Even like with the test, mm-hmm. like that whole I'll be studying for a test. You preparing for a test. And you get to this one section, like, I don't think they'll talk about that that much. I'm going to put more time to this section. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. you take the test, and then the whole test is on, like, that one unit. Right. And so that, I feel, is almost congruent with life sometimes. 
Um, sometimes you prepare for what you think out of the current knowledge that you have um, that things might mean more about or that your your test, so to speak, will be more f- towards. And you get there and you find out that it was more on something else. Um, thinking about something specific, I don't know. I'm going to have to have a little bit of time to right, think right. about a specific situation. So, but do you have any? I do. I'm going to jump into some stuff and then, you know, you can come back in. And it's, it's right. like, it's funny. Um, something else I learned, I guess I learned this more in business than anything. It's you should always um, under-promise and over-deliver. Right. Under-promise and over-deliver. And so um, I guess in my mind, if you look at that as far as preparing for a test or whatever is concerned, it just it played out so much differently when I in my head than it did when I just said it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to make it work. Um <laughs> So it's like we should really over prepare, right? You see what I'm saying? We should over prepare, yeah. with, with the expectation that you know we're, we're be over prepared. You'd be over prepared, mm-hmm. and so um, I think we don't do that enough. As a matter of fact, I know I work with um, interns all the time. I had an intern say to me the other day, "Was like, so wh- what's the minimum requirement?" <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I went, and when she said it, I just had like this. Oh, wait a minute! Like if you're, and this is a question she asks asked her mentor at the lab. And I'm like, man, you lost somebody then. Because, I mean, if you ever walk into a room and you ask what the minimum requirement is, they already know you don't plan on putting in the work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so we should we, we should actually, when we're preparing for stuff, we should be making sure that we're not preparing for the minimum requirement. Right. We should be preparing for the maximum requirement. Like, if you can make 100 on the test, like, you should be prepared for 110, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I don't think we do that enough. I don't think we do that enough. And like I said, that's one of the things that I ran into um, when we were actually um, preparing for our move. It's like, and I knew, man, I knew, like, I knew stuff was going to start falling out of the woodworks. Because, I mean, we had so much, I mean, it was 15 years we had in the house. And so, but I just knew without a doubt that there was going to be a closet that was left or, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. un, you know, under something that was left uh, that we just weren't prepared for. And I know I had to go back to the house a couple times um, like even just to take stuff to goodwill, mm-hmm. and and so um, I, I I I thought we were ready and we weren't. And then you know what? This is funny. <clears throat> Actually, I was going to Salvation Army, and Salvation Army then got so selective that like I had to ride around for days with stuff in my car because Salvation Army wouldn't take it. And right. Goodwill has a window of twelve to three when they accept donations. Oh, they only right. take anything, but their window is twelve to three. And so I I wasn't ready for that either. Right. You know, um, that's probably something I could have. I could have researched ahead of time yeah. to find out like Salvation Army is cutting back on the stuff that they're taking and Goodwill is cutting back on the hours in which they're taking it mm-hmm. and I'd have been more more prepared. And so that's just it's that kind of stuff. So you think you're ready. Um, you got it yet? Or you want me to keep I'm rolling? still thinking. Honestly. All right, cool. You ain't thinking. But I anyway. mean, you probably got some for me. I, but yeah, but I ain't gonna, I'm not going to share your stuff. I'm going to let you share your own. All right. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I was listening to um, Brian Courtney Wilson. And this is not a shameless plug. Brian Courtney Wilson, because I really don't listen to his music. But yesterday, Brian Courtney Wilson was doing an interview, and he was talking about a song that he remade. And um, the song he remade was from um, Marvin Gaye, Mm -hmm. and it was Make Make You Wanna Holler, right? And so he was talking about not he was talking about how how applicable the song is to today, Mm -hmm. um, which was cool. How how applicable the song is today, even though Marvin Gaye's been dead for I mean, oh my God, I remember I was still standing at my parents' house, so I had to be my late teens. I remember being in my sister's room and she graduated. Well, yeah, I ain't gonna tell you how old she is, but she was still in the house. So I mean, it had to be like, you know, in the early '80s or mid '80s when he, when he, when he died. Um, but anyway, um, and he was talking about how applicable that song is still to today, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, which is the first thing. But the thing that really um, got me about the interview that he was talking about, he was talking about how when Marvin Gaye made that song, first of all, the great thing about it was he had gotten to a place that he was so good, he was a crooner, that um, he, he carried so much weight as far as his fandom was concerned and his success was concerned that even though it was a song that his studio felt might have been, uh, you know, a little edgy, right. um, he had creative control. Yeah. And so he was able to do it. And he was saying, but the, the most important thing about that that he took away from it was, like, Marvin Gaye was ahead of his time mm-hmm. when he said it, right? And, and which is cool, because, I mean, you know, it's cool to be ahead of your time, but the way he put, the way he phrased it, he says, he says, um, at his age, Marvin Gaye was saying stuff that people at his age just wasn't saying or just wasn't thinking. Right. And that resonated with me because, like, again, and even with working with my interns, I try to tell my interns, like, you know, if you look at your, if you look at your other um, compadres, your other, your other classmates, uh, they may not be doing what I'm, I'm tasking you to do. And I tell you this all the time. You know, yeah. they may not be doing what I'm tasking you to do, but I want you to understand, you're at a place in life where what you're doing can catapult you, um, you know, full steam ahead. Or you're at a place in life where you can just look like everybody else and you get what everybody else has. And so um, he talked about how that moment for Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye realized that even though he was young in his years, because he died at 30 or mm-hmm. something like that, even though he was young in his years, he realized he had no time to waste. Mm-hmm. He realized that he really needed... Um, to be about what he's being about or be about, you know, in my turn, be about your father's business. And so, like, when you talk about just so, so, so you think you're ready for me, and I look at, like, college students nowadays, or even, even high school, you know, late high school students, and it's like, they think they're ready. Like, high school students think they're ready for college. College mm-hmm. students think they're ready for life, and they don't realize that life, when it comes, it comes. It comes fast, and they don't start, they don't stop coming. They don't stop coming, man, and there's yeah. no, no apology. There's no, they, life does not apologize to you. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like like so you thought you was ready, and then you realize you weren't, and life does not give you an opportunity to play catch up. Right, it just keeps going. Um, yeah. so it was funny because even in the midst of what you said, it was kind of two places where I was trying to pull from. Just thinking about the question of things of so you think you're ready, um, and my first thought was kind of I like I've had kind of some of those. So you think you're ready experiences, but I probably didn't have, I won't say I didn't have as many as, as some people, but just by the nature of our relationship mm-hmm. and dealing with you, like the project management and my mother being so detail oriented and all that, mm-hmm. and y'all really being hands on with me and making sure that I think ahead or make sure but you might not have thought about this part, so you should start thinking about that. Right, right. Um, having all of that coming from you was definitely, even with getting ready for college and all that stuff, um, how I started going to college visits like freshman year, That's all right. that kind of thing. That's right. So you guys kind of influenced me and pushed me in a place of doing things ahead of, I guess, that the set time that people will tell you where that stuff happened. Mm-hmm. So you guys kind of pushed me ahead. So I'd say my biggest, really, moments of So You Think You're Ready was in me leaving the house and like mm-hmm. me going to college and that kind of thing and seeing, well, dang, when you don't have somebody from over here giving you this point of view where they they know things that go on that you haven't really put thought into, um, having someone to share that experience when it's just you standing on the experience that you have in yourself, 
there's a lot of things that it's easy to miss out on. Yeah, yeah. And so even just like because a big thing with me is always time management. Mm. Because mm. I'm always so lost in thought, so lost in the cosmos, um, that a lot of times I don't necessarily think about I won't say the present. Mm-hmm. But well, yeah, I, I will say the present because it's been so instilled in me to think down the line that a lot of times I get caught in my head thinking down the line without thinking about the things that happen now in order to get down the line. Mm-hmm. Almost to a certain extent, like I get ahead of myself. Right, right. And so it causes me to miss the 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 shortcoming deadlines, the upcoming like right now deadlines, because I'm thinking like, oh, what am I going to be thinking about? What what's things? What are things going to be about in ten years? Instead of always being in the mindset of, all right, let me do this to to walk towards ten years from now. And so I find myself getting caught up in that space sometimes, uh, even with like school. And dealing with not even just like the whole education side, because of course it's that side with like preparing for the test or dealing with the teachers, uh, even just socially, um, it's really you don't you don't really understand stepping up to take that responsibility of being the person in control of where you go and in control of your decisions and. I can do anything I want to, but I might need to do this. Mm-hmm. You don't really understand the weight of that until you're in that place where it's like, yeah, I could do that. Like, I probably should be doing this, but I mean, I don't have to. Like, yeah. I, can, I can sleep through this class, but I feel tired. I can do that. I have the ability to do so, but it kind of comes back to that. Just because you have the right to do something doesn't mean you should do that. That's or right like, you always have to be in this place of mental preparedness. Um, and so with me, I've kind of learned that I need to chart out things for myself. Right. That's I need to see things man. visually. Yeah. Which I'm still getting better at. Are you? Okay. I still I still try to improve. Okay. But um, improve. But just that whole dynamic almost of learning, like, what what do I need for myself? What do I have to put in place for myself to make sure that I'm on par with what's coming up so I know that I'm ready when I get there. So thinking about what you're saying and then it, it kind of reminded me of something that, that that Brian Courtney Wilson said in the, in the interview mm-hmm. and then I came up with this, this <laughs> um, I forgot it that quick but I came up with this mantra just kind of help remember it's like every second you sow a seed. Yeah. Every second you sow a seed and so it's like what he was saying was what, what we have to remember as young people which I'm not young any longer but I mean I, <laughs> it always applies but what we have to remember is that really every second, it's some, whatever we do right now in the moment, it's mm-hmm. sowing a seed, and right. you're going to reap the harvest. And it's it's, it's difficult. Um, I know when you're, A, in the moment or young, when you're still trying to feel your way through, to understand the true ramifications of that. Like, um, I made it a habit of telling you, I mean, I guess when you left the fifth grade and went into the sixth grade, went to, to middle school, recess is over. Like, no yeah, more recess. I even think I even put a chapter in our book, um, No More Recess. And that's the hardest thing for, I think, a lot of um, youth and young adults to grasp is that recess is over. Like, uh, they put they put play early in your life. And, mm-hmm. and, and they didn't necessarily take play away from you, but they instilled or they instituted um, more structure later on and then you have to figure out 
when is the most convenient time to play? And as, yeah. as, as, as you know, as a young a young person, it's like, I don't know, I'm used to I'm used to playing right after lunch, man. I always want to play right after lunch. Right. And even as an adult, you'll find that I mean, we never really um, redirect ourselves. Like right after lunch, we want to play. I was gonna say, yeah, that that <laughs> really translates through life too. Yeah, and so um, and that's why you know, if 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 for some something, if we can help people to understand that, like every second you sow a seed. And you're gonna reap the harvest, and I guess the young when you're young, like say for instance, if you did something when you're 15, and you sow, you sow, you 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 sow, 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 sown, whatever, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. If a seed was sown, here we go. If a seed was sown at 15, and you really reap the harvest, like say for instance, you're about to turn 20, right? Yeah. And um, if 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 you realize that something you did at 15, you sow, you you your seed was sown, mm. and you're about to reap that harvest at 20. Um, the harvest, because you're just interdependent and not independent, doesn't seem as dire. Right. You know what I'm saying? Though it is. And so it's hard until you truly get to be independent. And I'm not just talking about UT, but mm-hmm. you as in anybody at any age, because you got some grown folk who ain't independent. Mm-hmm. But um, until you get independent and start recognizing the true weight of the seed that was sown, that is sending out a bad harvest. Yeah. You don't change. You don't change your actions. I say, like, even just kind of piggybacking off that thought. Um, I'm kind of, I'm almost in this middle place because yeah, it's funny that you say I'm about to turn 20 and all that because it really doesn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. I still almost feel like that teenager, like that child, like a freshman in high school or something like that. Life has changed, but I don't necessarily feel yeah. Yeah. farther. Like I don't necessarily feel more mature. I feel. Um, just like I'm dealing with different things. And I'll say, like, I've had y'all in the past to prepare me and make sure I'm, that I'm sowing the proper seeds. And so I'm still kind of in that place where I'm reaping benefit of seeds that you guys were there with me right. to sow. Yes, yes. And I'm about to be transitioning into this place where these are the decisions that you made that you'll be reaping the harvest for almost solely. Mm-hmm. And so... Even just thinking about it that way, it's like, man, let me make sure that I'm really there on point to make sure I'm sowing the right seeds. There you go. Um, so it was just funny that you said it that way. I mean, and, 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 and maybe that's the lesson. Maybe, maybe that's that's the lesson. The lesson is every second you sow a seed, maybe I get a T-shirt that says that and, you know, start a whole marketing campaign around every <laughs> second you sow a seed. Because if you recognize that every second you sow a seed, you'd be careful about the seeds that you sow. Right. You know, and I know my moment of maturity, and I'm definitely not going to discuss it here, but my moment of maturity, one of my true moments of maturity came when I realized that every second I saw a seed. And I mean, I didn't even think about it in those terms because that just came to me. But I realized that there was something that I was doing that was counterproductive. Uh-huh. And um, in doing that counterproductive, it wasn't just an effect in me. As a matter of fact, it was affecting me minimally. It was more affecting somebody else. Right. Um, and I had the opportunity at that very moment to step up and say, hey, I'm no longer going to sow this kind of seed yeah. because I don't, you know, even though that harvest, it, it, it may be, it may, I may, I may get the harvest, you know, metaphysically or something like that. The person or the people that are being affected by the seed I'm sowing, oh man, it's going to affect them in the greatest of ways. And I don't want to bear that responsibility. And so I'm going to change my actions. And so, um, you know, and life, life, life's tricky like that. Life's tricky like that. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, getting back to, um, so you think you're ready. Um, There's so many things that we think we're ready for life being one of them, mm-hmm. you know, and if we don't take the opportunity to a um, under promise or over deliver or over prepare, um, 
I don't think we'll, we'll ever we'll ever get out of this rut if we don't realize that every second we sow a seed. I don't think we'll ever responsibly look at our actions, even at a younger age, um, where we may not see uh, the benefit or the detriment right now. But by the time we receive the benefit of the detriment, it's too late because life's not going to give us a pause button. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just that kind of stuff. And I know it's hard. It's hard because, you know, you want to just roll through life while you don't have a care in the world <laughs> when you don't realize that it's a setup. Yeah. It's a setup, especially if you don't have some kind of um, infrastructure in place. Because there are some people, unfortunately or fortunately for them, who have an infrastructure that allows them unlimited do-overs. Right. But it's because it's costing somebody else and not costing them. Mm-hmm. Um, you never truly get rid of that cost. Yeah, you never truly get rid of that cost. You just pass it along to somebody else. So, yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. And again, like, like I say, um, that, that's what, one of the things that I heard when I was listening to uh, the the, uh, the interview, and he was just talking about, you know, as young people, we have to realize that we we have a destiny, we have we have a purpose, we have a you know something that we should be doing, moving towards, and um, we typically want to wait until life gets serious to start it, yeah. Uh, as opposed to understanding that even at a young age that there's something that we can be doing that's adding to it or subtracting from it, and in most cases we do stuff that subtracts from it. So by the time life gets started, now you got life coming at you. Mm. Now you're trying to make up for your deficit. And you're and just behind. You're just behind. You're just behind. And so You want to use the, um, not like the easy times, but kind of the times where things are more at ease to get ahead instead of allowing, allowing yourself to fall behind. They say uh, prepare for war in a time for peace, in a time of peace. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's so many metaphors out there that's so funny, man. That make, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes sense when they slap you in the face. You right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> For so sure. yeah, prepare for war in a time of peace. So um, whoever's listening to this out there in the radio land, T never did give us his his his, his specific, but it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the deal is just just remember. I guess those are three things. Um, every second you sow a seed, remember uh, over prepare under over prepare, over over promise, under promise under promise over deliver, but over prepare under promise over deliver, under promise over prepare under promise. Over-deliver and over-prepare. There we go. Yeah. And um, the one that you prepare for war in a time of peace. If if, if you could just, like, let those sink in, I think those are some good, really good nuggets Mm -hmm. that can can move you down to when life hits you in the face. Because, I mean, we all think we're ready until adversity comes. Yeah, for sure. Um, Honestly, I think you, you pretty much put it the way it needs to be said. Just make sure you pay attention down the line. And you over prepare for down the line because life isn't like you want to be in the moment, but you don't want to be in the moment to the detriment of your future. There you go. I guess is what I would say. So. There you go. And I'll even give you a tip towards that, man, which is funny. I, um, I was trying to decide whether I wanted to, to, to really piggyback on that or not. But here's the funny thing even about that. If you think about it, like it's cool to five years ago to have telegraphed what you wanted to be doing now. Uh-huh. Um, but it takes execution of a plan yeah. to make sure that you get there. And so, like one of the things I heard you say when you were saying, you know, you're 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 always thinking it, but you're thinking, you know, ten years in advance. Right. And so you trip over the stuff that's that's happening that's right happening now. right now. And I think the biggest the biggest thing that you can do to avoid that is when you're thinking about that ten years from now, mm-hmm. start putting a plan in place. Right. Because in honesty, everything becomes execution. 
And so if it's just execution, you can execute a plan while at the same time future casting. Right. But you can't not have a plan to execute and future cast and think what you what you future casted will come to pass. It mm-hmm. won't. You have to execute a plan. And so I'm a big I'm a big proponent of um a big fan of planning. You know, mm-hmm. a big fan of planning. I mean, and it's funny because I mean, like most people think I'm spur of the moment. Because I mean, for the longest you thought I was a spur of the moment person, and I'm never spur of the moment. Like I'm always planning. I'm always strategizing. Uh, it's just that I do it when the time I, pops up to execute. I'm the plans yeah, there, so you just my execute. plan's already there. My plan's already there. And so I think that's just the next level of that whole future casting thing. Is just to make sure when you when you future cast, you actually put a plan into place. And, and putting that plan into place, now execution, it becomes easy. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So, bone podcast. That's good for me, yeah. Bone podcast. Between you and me. Between you and me. Holla. Holla.